You're listening to the Web4 Marketing Podcast, where business owners, digital marketers, and creatives collide. Hello, and welcome to the Web4 Marketing Podcast. I'm joined here today by Kevin Getch. Kevin, why don't you say hello to everybody? Hello, everybody. (laughs) Uh, We're here today to talk about Kevin's new book, called Future Proof Your Marketing, How to Grow Your Business with Digital Marketing Now and During the Artificial Intelligence Revolution. So I'm really excited to get into this today. We're gonna start with a couple of questions. So why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself and your background? Uh, Yeah, um, I love talking about myself. No. (laughs) No, I mean, I grew up here in the Pacific Northwest and, uh, you know, have a, a family, a wife and two kids. And uh, I'm the founder of Web4 and the director of digital strategy here. And yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about uh, one of my passions is just helping people and having a positive impact. And uh, my, my goal with this book was to help as many people as I can, both executives and marketing managers and business owners, um, I guess, traverse some of the the tumultuous waters that are happening now, but even the bigger waves of change that are going to be coming in the future. And um, yeah, that's really my goal with it is just to kind of help people anticipate what's coming around the road so they can be prepared for it and also win now. So a big part of our discussion today is talking about uh, your upcoming release. You have a, a new book that you're producing. It's, it's coming out here soon. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that and uh, where it came from, how it started, and the, the story behind it. Yeah, so the official launch of the new book is uh, July 23rd. Uh, it's going to be available everywhere. Um, uh, you know, it's one of those things that when you set a goal to write a book, which I've had this goal for over 20 years, <laughs> and uh, you know, you finally get around to doing it, you think you have expectations around how much work it's going to take, how hard it's going to be, and I thought I had pretty um, a good handle on the difficulty and the work that it would take to to make this all happen, and I was uh, I was sorely mistaken. There was a lot more work involved. There was a lot more. Uh, stress involved, a lot more challenges than I uh, initially realized. And that was with me actually working with a company that that does this, you know, all the time. So it was it was definitely a lot really challenging. But in the end, my hope is that, um, you know, it achieves the goal of, of having a positive impact for, uh, you know, people that are looking to grow their business and looking to better understand digital marketing, uh, the strategy, uh, some of the challenges that are happening now and where it's going. And so uh, the reason ultimately why I created this book is to just have a positive impact and to really help, you know, that the marketing manager that is overwhelmed because everything is thrown on top of them and they're expected to know all these different things uh, and expected to do all the different things or the executive that's you know, looking to do the best to guide their company through some of the future changes that are happening or the even just the small business owner that's saying, you know, I have to wear so many hats and I, I need to make good decisions around marketing and I need to get more customers and I, I need to do that. So how can I how can I do that, right? And so I wanted to write a book in a way that would help, you know, those those audiences basically um, develop a strategy that is going to actually speak to their customer 
uh, now, but mm-hmm. also that's going to create a foundation for uh, the future that not only will make it so that they are successful, but they thrive in this environment as opposed to many of the businesses which are going to unfortunately become extinct because like when marketing went from the print world to digital world, a lot of businesses went out of business and we're about to go through another major change that's going to make that look like a little blip on the map. So. Um, it's really important that businesses understand what's coming and that they're prepared for it and that they if they do it right then they're going to be very successful because they're actually it's a you know these challenges are opportunities if they look at it with mm-hmm. the right light so yeah, yeah. I want to go a little bit deeper because you said this was a 20-year goal uh, <laughs> yeah. what maybe you can go into that a little bit well it's you know it, it and it wasn't necessarily the first book that I uh, was planning on sure. writing but when I was when I was 23, um, so I guess it's 21 years now since I'm 40, 44, um, but uh, when I was 23, I set a goal of writing a book uh, in my 40s. Uh, I set many goals, and uh, many of which I've achieved, but um, that was one that uh, I guess I had been putting off a little bit, um, and uh, you know, I, I actually started, I had actually started writing a number of different books. Uh, some of which I'm going to finish after this. Um, but, you know, it was one of those things that I always wanted to do. And now that I, <laughs> actually, now that I, I've done it, I, I know that I, I have at least two more books in me that I'm going to uh, write. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited to get this out there, kind of see what um, the feedback is from uh, community and people, and then um, kind of, you know, start working on the, the next project here soon, too. One of the things that's not often talked about is is how difficult it is to uh, write and generate ideas and to put uh, ideas on paper. And you you mentioned that putting this book together was a lot more work and stress than you had originally anticipated. Uh, can you can you speak to that? Yeah. So I actually um, I know how I work, and I because I run a business and I have. Uh, a family, you know, wife that I, I want to spend time with and, and kids that are uh, I want to spend time with and that have sports and, you know, I, and I, uh, I I'm sit on a number of boards, you know, I'm, I'm very busy and I, I was making excuses for a long time and I, I kind of was taking a dose of my own medicine saying, you know, a lot of times I tell other people if you keep saying, well, once I have the time, I'll do this or once I have this, I'll do that. And I, I caught myself saying, oh, you know, once I you know, have a little more time, I'm going to, and I, I kind of stopped and slapped myself and said, you know, step back a little bit and said, you know what, if it's a priority, then you can make it happen. It's just a matter of getting creative and being resourceful with what you're doing. And so I said, you know, I set a lofty goal actually September of last year. And I said, you know, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to write this book and I'm going to do it in eight months. And I knew (laughs) for me to be able to do that, I actually had to, A, um, I needed someone else to hold me accountable and I needed someone else uh, to drive and then I needed to be heavily invested. So I actually hired a, uh, a company that uh, does basically the, um, the initial strategy as far as kind of helping you lay out the book. They help, um, they actually, I, I sat, I probably spent 20 hours on the phone with a scribe uh, and so we had meetings every single week to go through all the different processes. I had to prepare for all those meetings and get ready and I basically spoke the book uh, to my scribe over that period of time. And so, you know, this obviously should make it easier, which it, it did to some extent, but um, 
after I won't go through all the little minute details as far as how that process worked and all that kind of stuff but uh, after I got the initial transcript back uh, I was told that the uh, the scribe was promoted and moved to another area and now my editor would be someone else and that's where a lot of the challenges <laughs> and uh, things came up in my mind that was really hard where I had to to control my own frustrations and control my own state in order to succeed rather than let circumstances that were out of my control kind of you know push me in the wrong direction so um, in the end I'm extremely excited with uh, how it happened but there was that was a big challenge even just preparing for each of those phone calls you know finding the time to do that was a big challenge because you know you, you got a lot of things going on and you want to make sure, you know, this is something you're putting out there in front of a lot of people. And you, you know, you feel a little anxious about that when you're, uh, you know, putting something like this out there in front of all these people. It's a little bit like you're exposing yourself to the world. You're a little vulnerable in that. Um, and, you know, I had to get really clear on who my audience was because initially I started trying to be very uh, extremely technical and get very detailed and I realized, you know, hey, that's a lot of my peers. And this book necessarily, while while I think will be helpful for a lot of my peers, they weren't my primary audience. And I think the the high-level strategy will be very helpful for a lot of my peers. But as far as, like, going into the details and in, in, into those things, that wasn't something that a lot of my um, – my main audience, you know, was something that they're looking for. So it's getting really clear, which is what we work with clients on, getting really clear about who who's your customer and mm-hmm. what's important to them. And so that's kind of what I did was in that process is getting really clear about who, who my customer was and, and how I can help them and add the most value for them specifically. So Well, this is a key value of yours as well, which is just in general helping people. It's also a value of Web4 and yeah. just helping people. Um, so this is much more than just putting words on paper. I mean, you have a genuine passion and, and um, you know, focus on helping others and specifically helping, you know, new business owners, startups, uh, longtime business owners grow. Yeah, that's very true. I mean, I, um, you know, many people know that have kind of read, uh, I guess, our founding story and stuff like that. But for those who haven't, I'll kind of give you a little um, background on where we came from and, and why I started the company and because and I think it's foundational to what you're talking about there is I was actually working for a, a Fortune 100 company and I was uh, going to work every day and I was making great money. This was in 2009, uh, from 2008 to kind of 2009, not obviously the best uh, economy at the time and um, I was very thankful to have a job but at the same point I didn't feel that the company was aligned with my values. I didn't feel like what they were doing for their customers was um, was basically good. They were very good at making promises, but not very good at actually delivering on them. And so I went to work every day with it eating away at me. And I decided, I said, you know, I'd rather make half as much and do something that I love doing where I'm having a positive impact than continue, you know, continue doing that every day. So I, you know, I started planning my escape. I knew I could do better and I, um, in March of 2009, <laughs> I decided I would rather not have a salary <laughs> and have health insurance to go out and have no salary and health insurance. Yeah, it, it sounds crazy when I look back at it because, I mean, it it really does. It's like, you know, there's people at that time that were really struggling and um, I had a house and family and kids and a mortgage and I decided that I was going to, 
you know, give up my steady income and health insurance. So I do this, but that was how passionate I am about, about this. I, I think there's something very, um, sacred about, uh, a business and, and and I think of a business a lot as a person when someone starts a business they started it with a dream and and then there's a lot of other people that have there's a vision and those people buy into that vision and they become part of that and so you're talking about a group of people when you're talking about a business and those that group of people is looking to achieve their purpose and looking to have a positive impact and so when there's companies that are doing things that are I guess less than beneficial for for those companies it really frustrates me um, and so I see the opportunity that uh, they have. And obviously from our vantage point, we see how much we can kind of help those companies. And so we, uh, you know, go in there and kind of do that from that standpoint. So so you mentioned, you know, uh, that you started all this in 2009, which means you started Web4. And uh, that also means Web4 is in its 10th year, right? It is, yeah. Do you ever uh, think that you would make it to this point in 10 years? You know, it's it's funny because um, I you, you want to always kind of begin with the end in mind, so to speak. But um, I honestly, at the time I started the company, <laughs> I don't think I you know was even thinking about ten years. I was really <laughs> thinking about can I make enough money uh, to pay our bills, and uh, you know I was working eighty hours a week and making less than minimum wage for the first couple of years because. You know, it's it's a weird thing that entrepreneurs do that they're willing to work for less than anyone else for a period of time, so that later they can maybe they can be their own boss and they can have more time and more freedom and all that kind of stuff. And um, but their chances of actually succeeding that are less than one in twenty, right? So to actually make it to ten years, only four percent of businesses uh, only make it to ten years. And so, you know. I, that's one of the reasons I, I really have an affinity um, appreciation for entrepreneurs specifically is because the amount of risk that they take, uh, you know, it's pretty high. The odds of success aren't high, and um, mm-hmm. but yet they go out there and do it. So, um, so yeah, I mean, to be at our 10 years, I think, is a testament to the, um, the people that I've uh, been able to surround myself with. Uh, that, that if anything, that's my um, superpower is finding uh, amazing people that are better than me at, at all of the different areas that we need. Uh, and so that's that's kind of my uh, superpower, so to speak, is uh, finding people that are really good and amazing mm-hmm. at what they do. And uh, so, yeah, now I'm excited that we're uh, coming up on our 10-year anniversary and we're going to be celebrating our 10-year anniversary and actually doing the launch of the book at the same time on uh, Friday, July 26th here at the Web4 office uh, from 3.30 to 5.30. So if anybody's listening, come on down. Make sure you come by. Um, I never thought about actually signing books. I didn't think that was something that, like, I would do for whatever reason. It just wasn't (laughs) something, like, I see, like, people do that with, like, big books. But my goal, like, uh, it wasn't necessarily, like, hey, I'm going to make a lot of money from this book. In fact, any proceeds from the book is being donated to uh, charity. So Boys and Girls Club here locally. Um, Anything to basically support uh, Teens at Risk is is where that money will go. so that wasn't my, my goal with it. So when people started asking me for, um, you know, if they could, how they could get a signed copy and things like that, I was, I was, I hadn't thought of that actually. <laughs> so, um, but we're I'll be signing some books during that time and um, very cool. Yeah, giving some away as well as probably selling some, and that money will go to Boys and Girls Club while they're here. So. Yeah. So you you meant you know you're talking about Boys and Girls Club. Uh, why why Boys and Girls Club? Is there 
Do you have a backstory on that? Yeah, I mean, there's a number of reasons. I, I'm very passionate about uh, helping teens mainly, mm-hmm. um, and I think for me, it's when I look back to my teen years, uh, I could have easily, I often will tell people, I, I think about the alternate reality me. Like if I hadn't had certain impacts or certain influences in my life at that time, mm-hmm. um, I could see my life being very different. But luckily I had uh, organizations like the Boys and Girls Club um, and YMCA and and actually and teachers and um, and just people that kind of came into my life around that time uh, that uh, had a big impact. I mean, it, you know, if you look, actually look my, my senior year in high school, um, you know, I wasn't one of these people that was thought like most likely to succeed or something like that. In fact, I needed 12 credits to graduate and was barely, um, most people didn't think I was actually going to graduate. Somehow I pulled it through and and still graduated and then went to college and got a little more serious at that point. But, um, you know, I think uh, there's a lot of um, teens that just, they, they need that extra reassurance I think they need a little direction and that you know to know that you know people care and I think Boys and Girls Club does amazing things in the local area so that's one of the reasons I like supporting them yeah yeah all right let's change gears now I want to get more into the book and you have uh, a theme that's runs throughout the book referring to the three P's uh, which stands for predictive personalized and proactive why don't you talk a little bit about that, where that came from, and what all of that means? Yeah, so I, um, I guess back in 2015, I was really thinking about where the future of uh, marketing and digital was going, and I was going through a lot of the exercises I do all the time, which is, you know, we're kind of uh, responsible to make sure that our businesses have the best the businesses we work with have the best information going forward that we're guiding them the best way possible and. And as I looked at all the different things that were changing, um, all the fragmentation in the marketplace and all the different things, it became too overwhelming to kind of communicate to businesses uh, all the changes that are happening. So I started looking for what uh, I call macro, you know, like what what macro trends were happening that we could communicate at the macro level. Um, And what I came up with was the three P's uh, was, you know, personalized, predictive and proactive. And um, at that time, we had started to see uh, some uh, of that already. We started to see a little bit of personalization. Um, the predictive part wasn't quite as, um, I guess, mature. And I still actually think that all of these are in their infancy to where they're going to be in the next 10 years. Um, but, you know, and then in the same, the proactive part also was just very beginning. And I think, so personalized is referring to more personalization, right? Whether it be um, digital marketing being personalized specific to kind of an individual. Uh, it can be, there's so many different elements of that that, um, you know, I go into more detail obviously in the book as far as personalization, but everything from social media to search results to email messages, everything is personalized because it's more effective. Right? It's just like if you're having a conversation with a customer uh, and you're not personalizing it to them specifically, you're not, you know, the customer isn't going to have a good experience. So it, that was kind of a major macro trend that I, I saw as something that was going to continue to grow. And, and technology was basically going to 
help fuel that growth because of our, our ability to uh, personalize at a very high level, um, meaning at, a, at scale, right? As uh, artificial intelligence um, and different technologies grow, it gives us the ability to uh, personalize at scale down to the individual level. And so we're starting to see some of that already um, at a simple level, but uh, the level to which it's going to be is, uh, you know, I go into a little more detail, obviously, uh, in the book, but it's going to change significantly. The predictive element, again, this is very fueled by um, machine learning and AI. So taking large amounts of data and understanding that, you know, customers who do X, Y, and Z have an 80% probability of doing Z, right? Um, so as you start to look at that information, you can better predict. And if you can better predict your customers' needs, then you can better serve your customers' needs, right? Um, and then I won't go too far down the prediction path because there's, uh, there's a lot of technical elements of that, but I'll give you some examples of um, this in action already. So some people might wake up in the morning and they'll have uh, a notification saying, hey, you're going to have to leave in 20 minutes to mm -hmm. get to work on time based on traffic, mm -hmm. right? That's just technology doing what good technology would do. And it's looked at your calendar or it knows what time you normally go to work and it's looking at the traffic and it's saying, hey, there's an accident over here, so you're going to have to leave a little bit earlier, mm -hmm. right? So it's it's predicting that and then it's proactively handling it and it's personalized to you because it's on your device. So the the largest fundamental change though, I think for uh, people from a consumer behavior standpoint, from just a like a thought standpoint is the proactive element. And what I mean by that is uh, right now, much of what we do is reactive. If uh, you know we're sitting here, we're not gonna, well, we're starting to see some of this already, but if we're sitting here, we're not gonna necessarily um, until we get ready to say, hey, let's look for a lunch spot and actually search it up, we might not get recommendations. Recently, you depending on your device and the different tools you use and all that kind of stuff, you, you're starting to see that um, closer to the time you normally have lunch, you might actually see something pop up and say, hey, this place is on your list or this place is similar to this place that you really like and other people who reviewed this also liked this. So it's going to proactively recommend a spot knowing, again, predicting what time you do that and personalizing it to you based on reviews and all these other things. So I think there's two analogies or two elements that I think will kind of wrap this all together for people is the biggest opportunity for a lot of these tech companies right now is what's called like assistance. It's the assistance space, basically. What I mean by that is uh, digital assistance, things like Siri or Cortana or Alexa or Google Assistant. Um, in fact, Will I Am uh, has his own assistant called Omega. Um, you know, he's got 300 people uh, working on this, so it's not just a joke. It's a serious company that is going after this. And what's interesting is. We're in a space where this could totally be disrupted. So someone like Google or someone like Bing or Apple could be disrupted in this space. And the reason it's such a valuable space is, is well, first, let me ask you a question. If you were going to hire an assistant, Jason, would you want that assistant to not really know you and know anything about you, um, just kind of sit there and not do anything and, and not kind of <laughs> guess what your needs are going to be and then only really do something when you tell them what to do? Yeah, of course not. Of course not, right? 
So if you hire an assistant, you want that person, you, a good assistant's gonna come in, they're gonna get to know you, your specific needs, you know, uh, how you like your meetings scheduled, if you want buffer time in your meetings, what type of food you like, they might want to order you food or coffee or what, but they're going to get to know you, they're going to predict your needs and then you're hoping that they kind of proactively handle those. And so what these companies are doing is basically creating the best digital assistant you could possibly have, right? And they know if they do that, they add that much value to your life that you're going to use their assistant over somebody else's. Well, what do they get out of this? That digital assistant, much like an executive assistant to a CEO, is kind of the gateway to that CEO. If people have heard that term, that's, they often call them the gatekeeper or the gateway because a lot of the information goes through that assistant. Well, in our lives, digital assistants will become basically a gateway channel almost to all the other channels, whether it's email, e-commerce, uh, search, uh, social, email, and it will basically be that that gateway between all those other channels now becoming basically the largest gateway channel in the world. If uh, assuming, you know, what I'm assuming is correct, which if you look at user behavior and if you look at all these things, uh, we're already seeing that trend right now. And I think, so to take that and kind of bring it back in and tie it to the proactive part. This is what will start to both, some people will love this and some people will freak out about this. but what will eventually happen and my my feeling is it will be more of a mode is that there will be a proactive mode or something along those lines um, it, maybe it's a it's just an on off mode where it's a listening mode and it's on off but either way you'll have the ability to have your assistant always on and listening so if you're meeting with a friend and your assistant is on and you have a conversation and you say you know what I, I set a goal you know, two years ago of learning how to uh, fly a plane in 10 years, right? That assistant, like any good assistant would, might pull up some information on that and actually share it with you later and say, hey, here's some information on, uh, you know, what it takes to learn how to fly a plane. And of course, here's ads on flying lessons, right? So as you kind of move into that proactive mode, think about the opportunity that that represents for these large uh, search engines or, um, you know, ad basically um, platforms. Because what basically is going to happen is you'll go from a place of not having as much search volume, which is how they make revenue off their ads, to possibly growing that volume by 30 times because it's no longer just waiting for you. It's actually processing a lot of that information and then it's pulling up notifications. So now they're able to, you know, provide value to you in each of these areas, but serve more impressions, more ads, and generate a lot more revenue potentially. What that means for local businesses is a huge opportunity because you want to be that company that that assistant recommends. So I get into explaining in the book, I get into explaining how you can kind of create a foundation now that will position you to uh, take advantage of that in the future based off of, um, you know, these digital assistants are um, basically using a, a database of information like a search engine, basically, that's where the ones that are the bigger ones have a foundation of a search engine, and so that's where our expertise lies, a lot of it. So you're able to basically create your own, I guess, trust and authority with those search engines around certain topics. And so by, by doing that now, you're basically positioning yourself 
to be in a better position for digital assistants as they uh, are providing recommendations to you know the users that are using them it was a long explanation right <laughs> you know a lot of this it, in some ways it it can sound like there's no practical way to really capitalize on this if you're a local business but there re- really is so much opportunity because you know to your point if you want to be the recommendation to a user and providing them lunch options that are healthy, then you're gonna have to rely on delivering a good product, having a great brand, and having a great reputation, among other things. Because you want to be what the AI is recommending to that user. And it could get to the point where, you know, we're able to really personalize things. Like my assistant's gonna know in the future that I just really, I wanna have sushi like two times a week. (laughs) And so it's gonna be recommending me sushi places. That's, that means it's gonna be working through a series of algorithms to find the place that's gonna be best for me based on proximity, reputation, all of these factors. Your preferences, all those things. And I mean, there's some of those things you can do now, but um, you know, it's going to know that I prefer these type of restaurants. And if I'm going out with my wife, that she's looking for gluten free. So it's going to find options that are have both. And if you look at uh, something like Google Duplex, you know, it can already, the current technology can already call up using uh, AI generated voice, basically, call up and schedule reservations for you at that location, you know, calling on your behalf. So. Uh, for people that aren't familiar with that, it's you know something to kind of check out. It's really cool to schedule, say, hey, use your assistant, call and schedule a reservation for me, and it just calls and handles the whole process and tells you here's your reservation at this time and you're good to go. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's funny because a lot of the stuff we're talking about is already happening. Um, it's just a matter of it's it's still it's still very fragmented, and that's kind of how. AI is, is you, uh, machine learning and AI gets really good at one kind of action, right? And so integrating a lot of that so that it is more uh, fluid in nature uh, takes a lot of time and, you know, mm-hmm. it's multiple basically algorithms working together in concert. So, right. Yeah. yeah, there's, and what we don't realize, or some people don't realize is that uh, AI is already here. Like it's already oh, yeah. actively a part of our lives. That's where the notifications are coming from. That's where the recommendations are coming from. We don't think about it uh, necessarily as AI because it's not a robot that's talking to us that's physically in front of us. But there's a lot of uh, artificial intelligence and background work that's going into predicting a lot of this information. Oh, for sure. I mean, yeah. You give a couple of examples in the book and just how. Uh, Google and some other platforms are utilizing their database of information, um, like things of where's the Statue of Liberty located, followed by how tall is it. You know, all of these things are things that we're using. And if if we weren't using them, we wouldn't be further developing the technology. But the the fact of the matter is, is that we love convenience. Like as just people, we love convenience. We love being able to streamline our, our lives, even when we're not necessarily thinking that's what we're doing. I agree 100%. I'm, I'm a little OCD about efficiency, so when things can be more efficient, um, then I'm all for it. So I want to, I guess, drive one point home. I think it's an important point for people to understand is that um, customer experience uh, as a just a general topic uh, is going to be one of the more important elements over the next five to ten years. It's going to increase importance for a number of reasons. Um, Currently it's already very important, Um, but there's a lot of businesses out there that 
you know, aren't necessarily broken because of, you know, these bad customer experiences. And there's a lot of businesses that, unfortunately, they they don't really take care of their customers uh, as much that are going to be severely impacted by this. So hopefully, at least, um, it pushes them in the direction of doing a better job of taking care of their customer because um, ultimately it's not going to work out for them very well. And the reason I say that is to drive home the point of the analogy I often use is if you were referring a bunch of your friends to a business and they weren't having a good experience, how long would you do that for? Yeah, not, not very long. Yeah, not very <laughs> long, right? So um, search engines, right, are the same exact way. They're basically taking these are their customers and they're referring them to these other businesses. And so they are doing everything they can to understand are these people having a good experience when we send them this way? And not only before, but they're predicting are they going to have a good experience. And that's where the machine learning and AI comes in is they're looking at everything from what's the load time of the website? Uh, what's the user experience once they, once they get there? Is it mobile friendly? Because this user's on a mobile device. And so I don't want to send them to a website that's not mobile friendly. Is the content just you know all over the page or is it more focused specific to this searcher, what they're looking for? Does it actually satisfy the user's intent? Mm-hmm. There's so many things that they're doing to predict beforehand and then they're also analyzing afterwards. They know if, you know, one of the parts of the algorithm when it comes to local businesses is they're looking for consistency and accuracy of information, the name, address, and phone number of the business across the web because they're just, they know that, hey, if this business has different names, different addresses, different phone numbers, um, that maybe if I send this person and they drive all the way across town to Tigard to go to this Italian restaurant and it's not even there or it's closed because the hours are wrong, like that reflects poorly on me as a search engine. That person could end up stop using me. So they're looking for all those things. They're looking for the engagement of the business owner with their, their listing. They're looking for the user experience. And so right now you'll get notifications that pop up after you leave a business and say hey you know how was your experience here it's going to get much easier in the future with digital assistance where they don't even have to ask you how your experience is what <laughs> they're just going to know right <laughs> so they're just going to know how your experience was and i won't get too far with this but there are uh, there are actually patents on biometric feedback algorithms to influence search algorithm by determining facial expression tone things That's like crazy. that yeah and they're not in use currently but um, just knowing that that patent's out there and it's been out there since I think 2012 um, tells you like, okay, they've been thinking about this stuff for a while. Mm-hmm. So you know, eventually that's, that's going to be part of it. I, I would think in the next five to 10 years, we will see that. It's very interesting stuff and it's very complex too. Yeah. There's a lot of layers. It's exciting. I like it. I know it's a little overwhelming for a lot of people that this isn't what they do every day, but that's why they have... You know, people like us and, and people who are really passionate about these things to help them with. So, mm-hmm. so we're talking a lot about uh, complex integrations and how AI is going to change the shape of how we do things day to day. What can business owners practically do now uh, with with AI, AI? How can how can they support um, those learning algorithms to you know help them be found? You know, I think. So I'm gonna I'm gonna answer that question, but I'm gonna I guess pull it back a little bit to start where I think most what the the information that people need to guide them in the right direction. Um, I think where everything should start is with your customer. I think you need to 
understand that, you know, falling in love, being obsessed with your customer and really knowing them and, and understanding them to the deepest level, being able to serve them is where everything starts because, you know, there's a lot of companies, I, I think that when they start, they get really focused on their product, they get really focused, which is great, you wanna have a quality product, but sometimes they let the, they guide the product instead of letting the customer in their service, instead of letting the customer guide that product and service, because I think if you listen to your customer and really understand your customer, they're gonna tell you what they want. And if you listen to your customer and you deliver what they want and you actually are giving them value and you're fulfilling their needs, they're gonna come back. But mm-hmm. we, we make it too complex and I think a lot of people sit there and they, they focus on all these things and you know and they focus on the algorithms and social media and, and this and creating content and that's, that's really important. Those are all tactical elements in, in order to reach out to the customer and provide value and be found and do all those different things. But I think for most of the people listening, they need to understand that it starts by having a very, very clear picture of your customer. What are their fears? What, what are the questions that they have uh, when they're coming there? A lot of times people have uncertainties that we don't necessarily think of that because we already know. We know all these answers to these questions and we just assume that people also know this. Our customers know this. You know, what are their desires? And not just surface level, but like peel back a couple layers. What's beneath that? What are they truly wanting? Are they wanting to feel significant? Are they wanting to just find a connection with someone? Are they wanting to grow as a person? Like, you know, you, there's there's deeper psychological needs that you're meeting and it's important for you to understand that. And then how do they make decisions? If you if you truly understand those things and then you start to understand what's their the the journey, right? What's their their habits? How do they go about this process of going through the buyer journey for my in my industry for my product or service, then it's not that hard to get the the right message in front of them at the right time. And I think that's really where we need to to start with, but I, I think from that aspect there's a ton of great tools that will help you listen and hear your customer better and and you know there's there's simple things that will automatically reach out to your customers and and kind of get feedback so you can measure one of the tools we use uh, gather up is a way for us to have a constant feedback loop with our customers where uh, we're constantly checking in with them to see how we're doing and then that is a tracks what's called a net promoter score so that we uh, we have a measurement in place for our customer satisfaction. So we know when we're doing certain things, is it moving in the right direction? Because one of the things that everyone around the office hears me say all the time is what gets measured gets managed. So we need to have that in place in order to measure uh, you know, the kind of satisfaction that we're doing for our customers. So that's one element. I think one of the, depending on the type of business, there's algorithms and there's AI and machine learning that's happening on the social side. There's uh, things that's happening on the search side. And then there's personalization that's happening both on the websites into things and with email and drip campaigns and follow-up. So each business is going to be a little bit different in how 
they utilize those things in different combination of, of elements. But I think uh, what I was talking about before as far as user experience, that's where a lot of machine learning, in my opinion, is coming in right now, um, is understanding uh, from a search engine standpoint, understanding when we're someone's looking for something, are they going to have a good experience by when I send them to this? And so making sure that you're providing uh, tremendous value in the content that you're providing, making sure that your information is accessible to the search engines and that it's user friendly, making sure it loads super fast. That's one of the things we see right away when we're starting to work with a client that we see is like low hanging fruit is like, hey, your website takes four seconds to load. If you're on a mobile device, you're losing half of those users at about the three second mark. So we can make a big difference for you just by speeding up your website, which, you know, it's not a just, it takes time and there's a lot of work involved and there's different elements to it, but that's something that we can do fairly quickly when have an impact for mm -hmm. you, right? Uh, and then there's the longer drawn, you know, there's the longer elements of the strategy as well. So, um, but there's everything from, uh, like, there's an AI tool right now that I really like and I'm if I remember the name of it, that basically records your meetings and it automatically pulls out action items uh, of that meeting um, and will remind you later. It, it transcribes the whole meeting, takes notes, and then pulls out action items for you. So like a small business can have a quick meeting with someone and yeah, or a content writer, like we tell our content writers sometimes if you're chatting with a client, pull this up. And then, then if you say, hey, okay, I'll follow up with you on this, it automatically knows. It will put a little thing out there and say, hey, follow up on this. Mm -hmm. So, and uh Maybe we can put that in the notes. I'll pull it up, and I can't remember the exact name of it right now. But sure, yeah. Um, you know, you you spoke a lot to the customer experience side, and you touched on some of the channels, because obviously there's a big part of the customer experience that happens after you've already attracted them in. You know, you've yeah. brought them in, and they've become a customer. Um, one of those things is organic SEO, and in uh, Future Proof Your Marketing, you shared a story about how Web Four won SEO campaign of the year for Discover Org. Why don't you talk yeah. a little bit about that? Yeah, so I think it's really a good story to illustrate the point of how powerful, uh, I guess, each of these different elements can be. In this specific case, it's more about understanding search engines and understanding the right SEO, uh, I guess, uh, having the right SEO expertise to um, take the advantage of an opportunity. So Discover Org was... Um, local here in Vancouver, one of the fastest growing companies uh, and just a company that we have a lot of uh, respect and admiration for how far they've come in just a short amount of time. We had the opportunity to start working with them and within the first month that we started working with them, they reached out to us and said, hey, uh, we've just acquired uh, our largest competitor and we wanted to talk <laughs> to you about um, you're getting your help in, we're basically going to bring that whole competitor underneath our brand. So we're kind of consuming them underneath our brand and they have a big website and we want to get your advice on how to best take it, not get, basically in a lot of those times you're looking to minimize losses when you're taking a site and you're redirecting everything over to the new site. If it's done properly, you can still often have losses in that whole process. And so they tell us, okay, and by the way, the site has 2.3 million pages on the site. That's a, that's a couple. <laughs> that's just a few, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and so we looked at that and said, yeah, I mean, we're, we'd love to obviously have the opportunity to work with on that. And, you know, it's a project obviously you worked on and we had a number of people on the team mm -hmm. work on. And it was 
it was it was a complex project that required a lot of um, planning and really understanding um, because you're not going to well there's two things one you're not going to individually redirect every single page it's just not cost effective um, in their specific case there are times when you can use what's called like regular expression or regex to match up redirects but in their particular case that wasn't going to work either it's just the url structure and all those things so we didn't have access to either of those so our best opportunity was let's um, narrow down which pages we're going to focus on by by basically pulling everything in and then merging data so we pulled in everything and we pulled in analytics we pulled in the number of links to those pages the conversions so how much traffic they're getting uh you know how many social shares they're getting um how many conversions so what's driving business and then we were able to kind of uh create a priority list i think it was around six thousand pages that we ended up coming up with and then we said hey here's our recommendations and we basically uh, spreadsheeted everything out it's a word uh, and we put in there like here's your options to either our recommendation was either to redirect this to an existing page merge the content into creating a new page or create a whole entire new page and bring that over and then you know we worked with them to kind of get that feedback and see hey does this make sense long story short without going into all the details um, we didn't just uh, not lose traffic we actually saw uh, over I think it was about 460 percent uh, increase in the amount of traffic coming to their website after this project after this redirect we actually doubled the number of people uh, converting on their website so doubled the number of leads uh, that they had coming in and on the their number of keywords that were showing on the first page grew by over 1400 percent so the people like look at that and they're like well how is that even possible in the 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 short version of it is when you look at that site that had 2.3 million pages they basically had a very large directory of uh, people and companies and things like that and it wasn't structured in a I guess an SEO or even user-friendly way uh, and so they asked for our recommendation as far as should we bring that over should we have that functionality in our site and Ours was a definite yes, that will be extremely valuable. Let's move it over, but let's do it right. And, uh, you know, the internal team at Discover Org was amazing. Uh, they handled a lot of the development and the structuring and building that kind of directory out. And they, um, and what was, what, what happened was the previous site, I think maybe had like a few hundred thousand of those pages in the index. So that means that they weren't getting the full value of all those pages they created. When we pulled everything over and we did it in such a way that it was more SEO friendly, we used schema markup, there is a number of different elements, I won't go into the technical details, but they were able to get 1.7 million pages in the index. So they went from having a site with you know, 2,000 some pages to a site with 1.7 million pages in the That's index. Huge. So yeah, so that's where you where we were able to see that so that you know you don't get that opportunity all the time and so um kind of knew when we were submitting that to the american marketing association that we had a little bit of a ringer for that uh, award uh i was when i was submitting it, i was like i'm pretty sure we're, we're gonna get this one but you never know so all right i want to bring everything full circle because we've talked about a lot of different things uh we talked about some organic seo and a lot about uh, artificial intelligence and uh, your book and your background who, who should buy this book? Who's the book for? 
You know, I think the the people that are going to benefit from this book, obviously, uh, business owners, I think, are, are definitely someone who should um, buy this book right away. Um, it's important that they understand, uh, you know, we see this all the time, is that there's not a cohesive strategy. They, they're not measuring what's actually working and what's not working. And so the book's going to provide them with a lot of value to just be successful now. But at the same point, anticipation is one of the best, um, I guess, advantages that we can have. And with the information that I share in the book as far as where we're going, um, it will give them a competitive advantage over the businesses, the other businesses that maybe don't have this information. And they can actually... Um, do things and prepare themselves now to take advantage of that because unfortunately there's going to be businesses that don't evolve and they're just going to go out of business and you know and that's part of what happens in the in the business world when you're not adapting right um, and then I'd say uh, marketing anyone in the marketing world I think uh, will get benefit from this I think marketing uh, managers VPs of marketing things like that are going to uh, want to want to read the book I think it will definitely provide value to them to one of the elements that I talk about in the book is visualizing the the strategy and doing it in such a way that they um, have a little more clear context around why they're doing what they're doing and how the strategy is integrated across the different channels and the different tactics and tools they're using and I that often drives it home for a lot of the marketing managers and executives that we work with and I'd say the other people that are going to benefit from this book a lot are the people that are responsible for you know the vision and guiding the future of their company the ones that are saying hey like I have to look you know, five years out or, you know, even mm -hmm. a couple years out and say, hey, what's coming down the road? What do we need to prepare for? Who do we need to be in the future, right? Uh, something I talk about in the book is you always have to be managing the two companies that you are, the one that you need to be now and then the one that you're going to need to be in the future. And so for, I think, the executives, I think it'll provide a ton of value uh, and context around maybe some of the things that they could be doing better now to uh, drive the growth in their company and measure things uh, properly, have the right kind of strategy that actually um, is targeted specifically based on their customer, uh, and then also what they can do to prepare themselves for um, some of the changes that are coming over the next five to ten years. Because it's exciting times, but only if you're in the know. <laughs> uh, for a lot of the people that don't, it's it's not going to be so exciting for them. And uh, we we want informed uh, people, and we want them to grow, and um, you know. If we can have a positive impact for uh, for these people, then uh, that's what it's all about. So, yeah, I'm excited to uh, hear, hopefully, that it's helped some people. And uh, I'll know, uh, you know, from that, that, you know, that, that'll be one of the greatest feelings, uh, I think, for Well, me. I had a chance to get my hands on a, on an early copy. And um, it's a really great introduction to AI and uh, dives into some more complex elements of AI as well. So... You know, I highly recommend it to anyone who is interested in learning more about AI, how it can impact your business and, and beyond. So why don't you tell us how we can get our hands on the book? Where should we go? So um, there's, you can go to kevingetch.com. Uh, and that's definitely the books there. Uh, it's available on Amazon as well. There's both a Kindle version as well as a paperback. Uh, and if you're in the area, come by uh, our 
office on the 26th and I'll have a, a few copies on hand and um, you know I'll be signing them and selling them and we'll be giving away a couple too as, as door prizes and things like that so very cool so that's kevingedge.com forward slash book should get you to the page you can learn how to uh, get your hands on a copy there and as Kevin said you can stop by in our Vancouver location uh, Kevin thank you so much for joining us today any parting words for people who are listening uh, no, I just, uh, you know, I say no, and then I go ahead and turn around and give you parting <laughs> words. Uh, you know, I, I would just say... Um, I know you got words. If you if you can do one thing is, is fall in love with your customer, really understand them, understand their needs, understand their desires, what, they're, what value you're truly providing to them, not the surface level tactics, products, services, but what is that doing for them? How does that change their life? How does that, you know, we, we often think that we're selling a product or service, but we're not. We're actually selling, what we're selling is an idea or a dream. We're selling a better version of ourselves. So when I'm buying something, I'm not buying that product or service. I'm buying how it makes me a better version of myself, how I see myself with that product or service in my life. And that's what I'm buying. So we, it's important that I think people look at it from the more psychological perspective than just the surface level uh, perspective of, you know, I'm selling, you know, coffee, you know, or I'm selling, um, you know, marketing services, mm -hmm. or I'm, uh, you know, I'm selling, uh, uh, you know, medical services, whatever it is, right? I think they need to look past that and understand, you know, what is that actually doing uh, for their customers? And, and when they understand their customer and they understand the value that they're having, uh, then, then it, it comes a little easier. So, um, yeah. Cool. Kevin, thank you so much for being with us today to talk about Future Proof Your Marketing. It releases July 23rd. Go check it out. Uh, Pre-order. You can pre-order, right, yeah. online. Uh, check out where you can get it at kevingetch.com forward slash book. It's going to be available on Kindle uh, on release day and for a couple of days, right, for 99 cents. Yeah, for the first few days, it's gonna we're gonna be we want to get in as many people's hands as we can. So we're gonna run a promotion initially to have it just be ninety nine cents for the first few days. Thanks, Kevin, and thanks everyone else who's listening in. Have a great rest of your week. Don't forget to get a copy of your book, Future Proof Your Marketing. See ya.